Welcome to The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. This is the show to help you navigate the challenging moods we all experience as human beings and where you will learn the best strategies to feel the good moods and good vibes we all love to feel. Because when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. This is The Good Mood Show. Now, here's your host, Matt O'Neill. Welcome to The Good Mood Show. I'm your host, Matt O'Neill. And today we're here with my mentor, the person who's inspired all of the goodness in my life, my mom, Izzy Birch. Mom, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. Thank you. It's so exciting to be here. I'm really happy. I love your show. I am a huge fan of yours. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad. (laughs) So my mom is one of my very best friends in the world. And as I share a win and my good news for the today, it's that I get to have coffee with mom every single week. And we had coffee yesterday and we always make the time for it every week. And it's one of the joys of my whole life. Oh, I absolutely love that. It is amazing. Even if it's not a huge long time, it's a quality time and it's awesome. I love it. Me too. So what's a big win that you'd like to celebrate today? Well, I have a couple of them. One of them is that my soon-to-be grandson-in-law graduated from nursing school yesterday. Schwann's an amazing man, and I'm so excited about it. Woo, Schwann! <laughs> yeah, yay! I'm very, no, I'm very proud of him. I love Schwann. He is like one of the nicest, like strong, strong human beings. One of the strongest men I know. He is. Yeah. I've worked out with him before and he's like so strong, but he's such a like awesome dude. He's super funny too. He's so caring and so loving. He's going to be an amazing nurse. Oh, he's going to be amazing. And I'm very, very happy about that. And another huge win is I get to spend the day with Brady. (laughs) As soon as I leave here, I get to go pick him up. Oh, man. He's he's a sweet little boy. He, he is, and I love every minute. It's joy in my heart to spend time with grandchildren, older ones, younger ones, all of them. I'm so blessed. Well, it's joy in my heart to be here with you today. And so today's <laughs> show, we are going to be talking about this legacy that um, really started with your mom, my grandma, Gigi was the name that we affectionately called her. Elizabeth Isabel Seeley was was grandma's name and she's no longer with us, but her legacy lives on through really how she lived, who she was and what she taught you. Um, I know because we talk about it all the time over coffee. Like you're like, oh yeah, Gigi said this, you know, my mom said this when I was growing up. And at the time I kind of thought she was senile and crazy and like, I just dismissed it. But the older you get and the older I get, the more wisdom we keep hearing in her words. Oh my goodness, yes. So one of the things that she always said that you have repeated to me my whole life is take time to smell the roses. Yes. And I never knew what that meant. I thought, are you crazy? Who wants to go out and smell roses? Um, I didn't know what she was saying was, like your quote up there says that the best view comes from the hardest climb. Smelling the roses is finding that delicate balance between giving 100% of yourself to whatever you're doing and 
self-care. And I didn't understand that for a very long time. But it's so important because if you don't take care of yourself and you're not taking the time out to refill your tank and smell those roses, you can't be 100% when you're out there doing whatever you're doing. If it's giving to your family, it's your work life, whatever it is, you can't be 100%. That is a lesson you've told me my whole life. And I used to think you were like, okay, whatever, mom. Yeah, take time to smell the roses. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) But you used to say this to me all the time when I was growing up, when I was in school. Of course, I pushed really hard in school and I was super hard on myself and I wanted to do really well. And Mm -hmm. then in my career, I've pushed super hard in my career and I've wanted to do really well. And you've, you've said, and sometimes I'm like, you know, it, I took offense to you saying, take time to smell the roses because it felt like a little bit of judgment from you that I wasn't living my life the right way when I was giving everything I had, like I was doing, and all of us are doing the very best we can right, all the time. And what you were saying was, I'm proud of you. I can see how hard you're working. And what I really want for you is joy. That's exactly it. And sometimes you don't always understand how to express yourself. So I fall back on my mom's cliches. (laughs) (laughs) And the more you understand it, the more you realize that what you're asking is to put a little balance there, to self-care, to fill your tank back up, to be your best self, because that's how you are in a good mood. And that's how you find your joy. And I was just on a call last night with my coach, Matt, and we were talking about this exact topic. And I I recorded a podcast about how I had pushed way too hard over two weeks. And I, I lost my joy. I lost that light. And I was talking to Matt about that. And I said, hey, I found it again. I scheduled some self-care. And Matt said, here's the thing I want you to remember. He said, when you push too far, when you go too far beyond and, and you start to compromise the priorities in your life, like your family or yourself, and you, when you start to see that you're shorter with Katie or shorter with the kids, you have officially become less effective. Absolutely. And in your work also, because when you push yourself so hard and you find that you can't find the answers, you start spinning. And once you're spinning, you've lost your effectiveness. So it's so important. And Michael Singer talked about filling your tank. Yeah. And it's so, so important to be able to do that. And so when she used to tell me to smell the roses and I thought, "Uh uh-huh, I finally get it. (laughs) It took me a long time. Well, it's only taken me 41 years. (laughs) And I think I'm finally getting it. Yes. And, um, and I love that. So I didn't know that that was always a quote I just thought was one of your things, but it was really from Gigi. Absolutely. Bless her soul. She was such a lovely, and I, I, I see her spirit around the house all the time. I know she just hangs out like around us. Oh, she does. Yes. So another thing she used to love was the golden rule and really this like idea of being honest. And what, what did she used to harp on the golden rule about? Honesty is the best policy and always follow the golden rule. And if you follow the golden rule and you um, live your best life and you give back and you are honest and truthful, God knows that. And that was her thing about the golden rule. You know, do unto others as you have them 
to do unto you. And so if you treat somebody really horrible and then you get treated horrible, you you get really upset. So if you're being honest and you're out there treating people the way you want them to treat you, think about that because you don't always do that and people aren't always kind to you and you don't know their story and you don't know why they aren't. But if you are, if you're true to yourself and if you're true to others and you're true to your beliefs and your faith, it's going to help you fill your tank again and be happy and find your joy and be in a good mood. Because when you're not doing that and you're not giving your best self and you're not being honest or truthful, it weighs on you. It brings a darkness. It takes away your light. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I want to unpack this whole, con- there's two different concepts here. Yes. One is this idea of living an honest, high integrity life. And that when you're walking with pure integrity, you know your intentions are pure. Of course, we still make mistakes. But, of course. But if our intention was to do the best we could in an honest and high integrity way, God sees that. Regardless if the result worked out or not, God knows you you did it the right way. You were righteous in your actions. And you that that type of a business or that type of a life will always be blessed. Yes. And that's I learned that from you. You taught honesty to us kids. You used to say, as long as you tell me what you did, I may be mad, but the punishment will be far less severe. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I, I was pretty darn honest to you about mm-hmm. many, many things, some difficult topics growing up, but it was because you always set that as a safe, a safe place. I'm not going to have judgment. I'll always love you regardless of what you do. It's unconditional love. I don't care what you do. I'll always love you, but you have to tell me in an honest way what was going on. If, if The only time you'll lose my respect is if you're dishonest with me. Right. And then I always made sure to tell you it would be very difficult to earn it back, which it would take a little while because then you lose your trust. Yeah. And when you lose your trust, that's big. Well, thank you. You know, here on the wall, the first core value of the company I ended up creating is integrity. Absolutely. And I wonder where that came from. Well, Gigi, <laughs> <laughs> live with integrity. It's so, so important. And this golden rule, and you had mentioned somebody not being kind to you. Well, there's days that I'm not kind to someone else when I let my joy go and mm-hmm. I over I overworked it or overpushed it, or maybe there's some circumstances in my life that are really difficult or challenging. And on that day when I'm not kind to somebody, what I really want them to do is have grace and compassion for me and still see that I'm doing the best I can and not judge me and not, you know, treat me awful just because I'm on an off day. So if I want someone to treat me that way when I'm on my worst behavior, when someone's on their worst behavior with me and they're unkind to me, the golden rule would say I should give them grace. That's right. And forgiveness. That's right. And love. Because you don't know. That person might come in, let's say, come into the office and they're mad and they yell at somebody about something. You don't know if something horrible didn't just happen in their life. You don't know their story. And so if you give of yourself and you are kind to them and you give them the benefit of the doubt, you might make their day. You might help turn around whatever that is and give them the grace and the compassion that you were seeking when you were having a bad day. 
it just, what goes around comes around. That's good karma. Yeah, it is. So the other thing that she used to always say was money doesn't buy happiness. And I, you know, I, I was challenging this quote because it does sound like a limiting belief of we're not going to have money. And of course, you and I, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. And, um, you know, so grandma like, giving you this quote, money doesn't buy happiness could have been a, a negative money mantra, too. Um, I never took it that way. And I never felt she meant it that way. She would look at these people that you would see on the news sometimes. And um, oh, I, I wish I could think of one of the older people. I mean, really old to you. Um, and she would say, you know, money doesn't buy happiness because sometimes there would still be someone would do something awful and they would be a very wealthy person. And so she said, happiness comes from inside. You have to be happy in your heart. You have to be happy from inside. You have to find your own joy and you do it with integrity and you do it by finding balance. And so it doesn't matter. You can have all the money in the world and still be unhappy. And so that was her thing. It wasn't not go out and find your wealth and not go out and make money. It was that don't think you're going to be happy just because you have money, because that's not where happiness comes from. In the Bible, it says it's harder for a wealthy man to get into heaven than it is for um, like to, a camel to fit through the eye of a needle. And I've, I've thought about that quote and, and discussed that quote with some other of my friends. And I think it's along the same lines of what we're talking about here. Exactly. It's not, it's not that money is bad. It's not. In fact, money is just a thing. It's just an object. It's a tool that can be used in whatever way you'd like to use it, as any other tool can be. I think what this is, is when money is the idol, Right. that's where the money is the root of all evil. It's not that money is evil. No. It says making money the idol, I think, is really where people go astray. It's where I may have gone astray when I was seeking to conquer the world and, and assert my place. And when I was looking with all that ambition to get these worldly successes is when I lost my joy too. Because right. you do you do like go, go hard, 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 you know, hours and hours and hours every single day and push yourself so far to get this thing that you think you really want only to get there and say, is this all that there is? Right. I exactly. still feel the exact same inside. And that's, that was always her point, and it really is. It's a great thing to look at that you can have, really, you can have all the money, but if you don't care about people, if, if you lose your humanness, if you lose your joy, what have you got? You just have stuff. I had a, I had a guy who said to me one time, money is the booby prize. I love that. I know. It shocked me. It, when he said it, I was like, oh my gosh, I wrote it down. I've always remembered him saying, this was Scott Bird. Scott, if you're listening, thank you for that. Um, he said, Matt, money's the booby prize. It's what you think is really what you're after. And if, if you chase that your whole life and never figure out, you're just chasing a false prize because it's not what it was ever about. And hopefully you wake up to that before you're on your deathbed. And then, because on your deathbed, all the possessions like Steve Jobs, you know, the guy from Apple, he was on his deathbed and he, his like final words were, 
all the money in the world that I have, and he was a multi-billionaire, can't give me what I want. That's correct. And if you watched a movie about Steve Jobs, he was not a very kind human being, and he was not kind to his own daughter or to the women in his life or his personal life, and it sounded like he wasn't a very kind boss or friend. And I don't know him personally, but I've seen the movies, and they didn't portray him as very happy. No, I I didn't see the movie, but I had read a few things about that and about his life, and he was not, that he was not, but... And that's really sad because he had so much to give. And he did give a lot. Mm. He just didn't take the time to look around him and see that. I love his computers. Yeah, (laughs) I know. (laughs) So there is genius, too. So people aren't all good or all bad. No. And he was so talented, of course. And he was, and so And so genius and in all these other ways. But I think my whole point about this is I'm sure there was a lot of joy in some of the genius. He couldn't have Mm -hmm. been so creative without joy there. Um, but he was kind of after this false idol, making a dent in the universe was this thing. I'm going to make a dent in the universe. And yet the happiness and joy of the relationships right in front of him with his own daughter, who he denied was his daughter. Like he missed out on all of that. He didn't take time to smell the roses. No, (laughs) he didn't. Yeah. So, um, so I was growing up and you used to say things to me, like Gigi used to say to you and one of the quotes you always said to me was, Matt, you can do anything and be anything so long as you're willing to work hard enough for it. You said you could be president of the United States if you wanted to. And I, I believed you. Well, absolutely, you could. You could do anything. But it goes along with that um, giving 200% every single day and at the same time finding balance. And so you can if you want to, but you have to have a goal. You have to, like, that's where I look at the secret. You you have to put it out there. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your own truth, and you have to believe that you can do it. Because if you don't think you can, I just heard this quote the other day, if you think you can or you don't think you can, you're right. And so that's really true. If you think I can't do it, you can't. But if you think I can do it and I'm going to and I want to, you will. Like you with this business and all the things that you're doing and creating this podcast, it's amazing. And you just went for it. So there's one word that's outlawed in my house. Can't. Can't. (laughs) That word is the only word we're not allowed to say. And so, um, and the kids are like, daddy just said the C word. And Aunt Annie was there and she's like, what? <laughs> uh, at, at my house, one day I said, no, you you can't do that. And they said, oh, you said the C word, Mimi. <laughs> I know. And the C word can mean something totally different. But in our house, it means can't. can't right. And, um, and, it's, and it's this idea that we really can do anything. And um, so we just are eliminating that word from our vocabulary because anything is possible. Impossible is I'm possible. Oh, I like that. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So but the, the other piece of this was it's so long as you're willing to work hard enough for it. 
And when I was a kid, you had the craziest work ethic. You still do. You you walk like a million miles an hour. I could never keep up with you. Your pace of just walking is insane. And your pace of work when you were at work was insane. You broke through glass ceilings at your company. You're the like one of the first women directors ever in the history of the Road Commission. And you started as a, a secretary. Right. So where did that work ethic come from? Um. Probably my mom, always doing your best. And so I just knew that I had to really try. And I couldn't, I just, I wasn't happy with myself if I wasn't giving 100%. And then when I became a director, I had a person call me, a friend, Gina, and say, did you put your application in for that? And I was a middle management person. And I said, no. No, I was afraid. And she said, well, you got nothing to lose. So, so at the end of that day, I did submit my application, and I became one of the first female directors at the Road Commission. I think I was, like, number four. And it was awesome, and I loved every minute of that job. And I had to overcome my fear, which is what it is when you don't, when you're afraid to go for it. And you just have to face it and say, I can do this. I can do anything. Yeah. So the fear of there would be a reason not to put the application in, which is if you never submit the application, you always could have been director. Right. But if you do submit it and they turn you down. You've been it, rejected. It means you weren't good enough. And that's the fear. There's That's one of the biggest fears that holds me back and all human beings back from going for it is this idea that, well, yeah, I could have done that. I just never tried my, I didn't give it my all. Right. I could have done it. I just, you know, if I had really put myself into it and given it everything, I could have. Well, you don't have that excuse if you do give it your all, like you give it everything you've got and then you didn't make it. You have to deal with the reality. I wasn't good enough. Right. Or not this time. Right. So it is a lot to put yourself out there, but it's also really important because you're never going to move forward. You're never going to achieve stuff if you don't put yourself out there. If you're willing to work hard enough and you're willing to put in the effort, you can do it. The other thing you used to say to me, and you still say it, and we all laugh at you about this because it's like your mantra. You've always said everything in moderation. That's the one thing you say that I get the most eye roll <laughs> when you say it. What, what does this mean, everything in moderation? Well, it's for everything in life. It's for working your very hardest, but finding the fine line of the balance. Because if you just work, 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 and there's nothing else there, you don't have the balance. And so in when you deprive yourself of something and you really, really want it, then when you fall off that wagon, you you like, let's say chocolate, you're not going to eat chocolate, you're never going to eat chocolate again. Then when you fall off the wagon, you eat three candy bars. So if you give yourself everything in moderation, when it and it doesn't mean don't achieve, and it doesn't mean don't give it your all, it means find a balance. Find a balance in your diet, find a balance in your exercise, find a balance in your work, find a balance in your life. So all things in moderation is finding that balance. 
such wisdom. I didn't know you had so much wisdom in that little <laughs> quote. That's like uh, the Taoist. The Taoist is the middle way. That there's this path. It's the middle way, and that's that's really what you're describing. Is that there is a balance. There's a middle way here with this everything in moderation. But you didn't it, know you were a Taoist, did you? I did not. But it doesn't mean don't go achieve and don't face your fears and don't take the next step. It just means while you're doing that, find balance. Smell the roses. That's right. The other thing you said that this was the quote that had the biggest impact on my whole life and still does. It's like if I had a quote that impacted me, it would be this. You said, you cannot choose what happens to you, but you can always choose how you'll react to it. Yes, and that's so true because you can't. Like John and I both had some health issues. We'll just use that as an example. And um, we didn't choose to have those, but by facing them head on and just, living through it and finding the joy in each day, you're able to do that. We were able to get through it and not just be uh, glum and um, not be defeated by it. So we were able to get to the other side. And when someone is, when you're really angry with a person, that person probably doesn't even know you're angry. So your attitude is everything. If somebody does you wrong and you just have a terrible attitude toward them, they're going on with their life. They don't know, but it's eating you up inside. It's causing you angst. It's causing you to lose your joy. So the way you present yourself, the way you deal with a situation is so important. It's everything. Everything you just said there is the good mood show. <laughs> This is where it came from, was it was these philosophies, this idea that life is going to do throw curveballs at us that we didn't anticipate, that we that really our ego didn't even want to have happen, is resisting happening, is wishing wasn't happening. And we ha still can make a choice to choose our reaction, to choose our attitude, to choose the state, to choose the way that we'll show up, to choose the emotions that will show up to handle that situation. And if we choose a powerful reaction, which is a powerful emotion, an emotion of, yeah, I, don't, I didn't wish for that to happen. It's happening. I can see it as reality. I'm going to show up joyfully and give it the best I can today. We're going to have the highest outcome. That's correct. I really believe that with all my heart. I know. That's the quote. It's your quote. <laughs> I, this, is, this is the thing. This is like, this is from your lips to my ears. And this was the, the quote that shaped my whole life. And, um, you know, you had mentioned some health things that came up and they, they were big for you and for John. And it's, and it was like years of, of pain for both of you, that right. you the, of recovery and not knowing if you would recover not knowing if, okay, well, is this pain going to go? You know, I remember John just being in pain every single day for a couple of years. And there's a, like that gnawing pain that just shows up every single day. How do you choose joy when you're dealing with that uncertainty of, will this be forever? Um, you have to believe that it won't, 
or you have to believe that you can learn to live with whatever it is. And one of the biggest things we did is just say, there has to be some reason and something out there why we can laugh every single day. And so if you can find something and something to be grateful for, and I've written in a grateful journal in the evening for many years, you started me on that, and I still do that. And every morning I wake up and say, okay, God, it's a brand new day. So um, help me find my way and help me find my joy. It's going to be a great day. And even if it isn't, sometimes I have to let myself be sad and I have to let myself feel bad because if you hide it and push it away, it's not going to go away. So you have to lean into whatever that is. And when John spent that six months without a knee, that was really hard. And um, I really had to say, okay, today might not be my best day, but we're going to get through this and tomorrow's going to be better. And this weekend, he's actually visiting his daughter in Columbus. So that's awesome. It's so joyful to see that. Yeah. And he was on his bike. Yep. With us and took a bike ride up to lunch. The knees are working great. The knees are working great. So um, you you reached this new phase of life. It was you, you had your phase of life of your career and your children and raising those children, and then when you retired, it was this new phase of life, and you had a lot of anxiousness about well, what will I do in this new phase of life? And one of the lessons you told me that you've really taken away from that from this new phase is not to be so hard on yourself. Oh, right. Um, so when I first retired, um, I had the absolute joy and pleasure to spend a lot of time with um, Tori and Morgan and Emma, my three oldest grandkids. And that was amazing. And I loved every minute of it. And then when they got older and I wasn't doing that so much, and it was like, okay, I got into real estate for a hot minute. And then we moved to South Carolina for half the year when we had a health scare and decided that life was so short, we might as well do something. And so we were going back and forth. And I just had some days where I felt kind of lost, like I'm not giving back, I'm not doing enough. And I had to stop and sit and say, it's okay. It's okay to have a day where you don't have a lot to do. Find the joy in the day Go out and smile at five people. Maybe you can help somebody's day just by smiling or being kind and start to volunteer. And like tomorrow, I get to go with Make-A-Wish to help set up for the big gala tomorrow night. And um, I'm starting to volunteer and I want to do more with children, but it's okay. It's okay not to have a super busy day every day as long as you're... um, as long as you're finding your joy, as long as you're in a good mood, as long as you're paying it forward. Um, And it gives me this opportunity to spend time with my younger grandchildren, which is absolutely my joy in life. So you're you're saying, let's not be so hard on ourselves. Really, we just need to be joyful. Right. How do you get out of a bad mood? How do I get out of a bad mood? Yeah, sometimes you, I know you don't wake up joyful every I single do not. day. 
And um, wh- what do you do if you have prolonged days of not being in a good mood or being hard on yourself or feeling beating yourself up that you're not doing enough? How, how do you right that ship and get back to your joy? I go stand at the ocean. I go to the beach. I stare at the water and I say, okay, God, my life is beautiful. This ocean is beautiful. You made a beautiful world. I'm okay. My family's healthy. Help me find my joy. And then I walk the beach. And then I just breathe. I breathe in and I breathe out. And then I tell everyone I know how much I love them. And it really helps. Once I can take a breath and realize, first I have to understand what it is that's making me sad. So you have to sit and think about that. Why have I lost my joy? What is it? Was I beating myself up over something? Was Did I miss something? Did I think I should be doing something that I'm not? So understand what it is. And sometimes it's really silly things like, um, I don't know, like, gee, I should have uh, had three volunteer jobs and I only have one. You know, like, I'm not giving enough back. Well, okay, I'm, is that really true? I gave enough back for many, many, many years. I did a lot. And it's okay. It's okay to be where I'm at. It's okay to be available to watch my grandchildren. It's okay to um, have a day where I just have to look at the sun and work in my... It's okay. I'm okay. And so then I listened to what Kim Cajoli said, and um, this might not be right or that might not be right, but I completely love and accept myself. And I do that sometimes when I'm at the beach. And usually by the time I get back from there, my joy is back. That was such a beautiful description and so honest and so vulnerable too. And thank you for walking me through it. You know, if I could break it down, it's first you have to recognize you're not feeling great. And then you have to ask yourself questions. What is it? What are the thoughts? Right. What am I thinking that is causing this upset, this sadness, this anxiousness, this fear, this anger, this frustration, whatever the negative emotion is, what, what is the thought? What's going on? So we can bring that to awareness. And then you go connect in nature. You go out into God's world, into God's creation, and you're connected with something bigger than yourself to see that, hey, it's not all about me. Standing on the edge of the beach and looking at the vastness of this ocean, I mean, that'll give you some perspective that Man, yes. this world is so much bigger than my little preferences. And then you say a prayer and you say, God, I have so much to be grateful for. Please help me feel it. Take these negative feelings from me and bring me joy. And you do use some of Kim's words, which I love too. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Please take these emotions. I love myself even with them. But take these emotions of frustration or fear or sadness and leave me with peace and joy. Give me the space to let the peace and joy come back in. And what did you say you do for others? You you said there was something else you do for others after all of that. Did you say you like bless three other people or? Oh, yeah. So one of the things I think is really important because I've heard that sometimes just smiling at somebody or being kind can make a person's day. 
So every day I usually ride my bike to the grocery store and pick up the paper. And I make sure to say good morning and smile at every person in the grocery store. And I just love to do that. When I'm downtown, I like to smile at all the people that I pass. Some of them don't smile, but most people take the time to smile back at you. And if you help one person with your smile, that's all it takes sometimes. It's a little thing. And when you got married, you gave me a picture frame with you and me. And it said it wasn't the big things. It was the little moments in life that you will remember forever. Yeah. And I still have that picture hanging up by my desk. And that's what a smile is. When you can make eye contact with a person and just smile at them or say good morning or say good afternoon or it's it's just a good thing. Well. This was both a little thing and a big thing that brought me joy. Mom, it has been just a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your your enormous wisdom with The Good Mood Show. Well, thank you. And I love The Good Mood Show. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. For free resources, videos, and materials about getting into your best moods, head on over to mattoneal.com. And remember, when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. See you next week. Same time, same place.